Can I get one of those? You seem like more of a cigar kind of guy. I try to make do with the resources I have. Aren't you going to ask me questions? Give me the hot and cold routine? I hadn't planned on it. Ah, so we're going for the I have enough evidence to put you away for life. And on Zenith, life can last a long time. <laughs> you a big fan of cop dramas? Mysteries? Never seen one. I prefer the truth to elegant lies. Then tell me something. Because this is what I can't figure out. Why did you kill Dirk Bradley on the air? What? Can I boost the ratings without people questioning my motives? Cute. But seriously, why not just poison his drink? A man of means in society like yourself, dagger to the digestive tract just seems, I don't know, crude? Anyone who's seen so much as a single broadcast knows I hate the man. Wouldn't know. Never seen one. Really? I prefer the truth to elegant lies. Hmm. Can a guy just kill his co-worker live on Scry without everyone questioning his motives? Your motives I understand fine. It's the location, the spectacle. Doesn't add up. And why now? Last few months you've had more than enough opportunities to gut the kid. Hadn't made up my mind. Whether or not to kill him? Whether or not to let them save him. Right, right. The artifact that held Mr. Bradley under its influence. That's why you gave the guy the steel kiss. To turn your prince back into a bumbling idiot. And doing it live on the air that was just for the ratings. So why don't you tell me- I'm not telling you anything, detective. We're suspended above an unknown demiplane in the void of space. Power beyond imagining lurks behind every corner. And those who wield it have their own agendas. If my imprisonment or death were part of those agendas we both know I'd already be rotting in a cell. We also know that Mr. Bradley's demise is either not part of the plan, or way ahead of schedule. This is the part where I become incensed by your disregard for law and order, right? Slam my fist on the table, tell you you're not going to get away with this? Well, frankly, Mr. Rusborough, this job is paperwork. Gumshoes like me are a thing of the past. So when I get a shot at someone playing a bigger game, well... I wouldn't be very much of a streetwise, no-nonsense, loose-cannon, dark-pass, grizzled, hard-boiled, hard-ass, hard-nosed dick if I didn't ask. How can I help? Your hearts swell as you bask in the radiant glory of your adoring fans. There is no substitute for the sheer elation you feel as the itch in Penny's wrist begins to grow. After a considerable amount of time, you are escorted by a team of the same mirror-masked entities you encountered the first time you went to Error. They lead you back through the entrance hall of the arena, where you find Ophidian and his team, Grey Knight, better known as Silver Song, and Ophidian begins to clap. Absolutely fantastic, guys. Really great. And how? Way to soak the damage. Really took a beating that one, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's about time, really. Benny's had to take quite a few hits. Well, I mean, you're learning, and that's what's important. I mean, you're, get, you're getting to be a damn good tank. I like it. And the grape shot. Ugh, oh, Gaspar. Beautiful. All of you. Just 
Good work. Yeah, that uh, warden never saw it coming. <laughs> right. Well, 4.25, that's the score to beat, I guess. Don't worry, we will. I'll have to take your word for it. We don't have time to stay and watch your performance. Right, yeah. Time to go to the victory circle, huh? I didn't know that was a thing, but yes, I guess so. I just made it up. All right. Well, they're playing our song. As you hear, silver, silver, silver. He turns and walks away. Very tempted to cast Bane as they leave. (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow it. He's right, though, Hal. We finally did that thing that Pug was trying to tell us. Always wipe from front to back. (laughs) You continue on your way back to the green room where you are allowed some time to cool off and get comfortable. You've also been informed that Rain will be joining you soon. Does anyone have any lingering injuries? Are y'all doing all right? Hal, you are just shy of the three injury mark that would have caused a short-term injury for you. You are functional, but you will need time to rest. Yes. So my body is sore, but Hal, I... I feel like he's going to collapse soon. I'll just do the best I can like while we're recuperating in the green room to tend to some of his injuries, make sure any like glaring open wounds have been kind of sealed up with bandages and if there's any pot- potential like joints that are dislocated or bones that are broken, they're set somewhat. So how with two injuries and Iavos trying to repair you, Iavos will have to succeed in a DC 14 medicine check. That is 10 plus two for each level of injury he's trying to repair. Okay, uh, I'm going to use guidance on myself as I use my mother's sewing needle to weave through the wounds. Mm, I like it. Ooh, uh, that's a dirty 20. Nice. Uh, Hal, you have an option to spend three hit dice in order to repair these injuries all at once. That's two for the highest level and then one for the next level after it. Okay. As far as we know, we're not doing any more fighting today, so I may as well spend all three and just heal back to full. Sounds good to me. Iavos does a remarkable job of stitching you up. You almost feel like a beautifully put together quilt as each and every stitch is perfectly metered out. It's almost like when I leveled up, I got the healer's feet. (laughs) (laughs) I could give you actual hit points, but that seems unimportant to the narrative right now. (sighs) I'm a little hurt, but it's it's not serious. Honestly, I'm looking forward to just being sore and enjoying it over the next couple of days. Uh, Ashpool mentioned that we got a 4.25. It's the first I'm hearing our score. Uh, you are correct, yes. We we passed? It sounds like it, yes. He was mentioning the winner's circle and all that pageantry. <gasps> We're heroes now? We'll not technically. Technically, we're not heroes until after the drift, when we're um, actually assigned to a team. Or we stay together, that is. Oh. How does that work again, Hal? Uh, I, I think that's what Rain's coming to do, so I'll let them explain it. Um, but if you have any questions, trust me, I've done some studying. Uh, hey, while we're waiting for Rain, uh, Gaspar, I think we hid a little treat for ourselves in here somewhere. And I think I'll let you do that because you're better at it than I am. Gaspar's going to take a dagger, stab the cushion of the sofa that he's on, <laughs> rifle through the stuffing, and pull out three champagne bottles. Or Couch booze. Mm. <laughs> right, let's get these open before Rain gets here because the last time I stole one, she took it back. <laughs> Penny looks... Very confused as Gaspar does this and immediately starts cutting open her own cushion. 
<laughs> you find nothing but fluff. Everyone's got it's like, a, it's like Oprah show. Like everyone's got <laughs> champagne under their seats. <laughs> I almost goes over to the table where those magical cups of liquid that fill with your delight are. Kind of dumps them into a plant <laughs> uh, and passes them around and says, "Congratulations on your foresight in preparing this surprise for us, and I suppose congratulations to Team Gold Dragon." Holding his up, waiting for it to be filled. I've always wanted to do this. I shake it up. I saber the cork open and spray it all over Iavis. Penny's <laughs> <laughs> glass. Now I know what it's like to be sprayed by a magical bottle. <laughs> oh, is this what I've been doing to people? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't kidding. You do sound like Hank Hill when you try to do Iavis. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> dang it, Penny! Not dang it, Gaspar! <laughs> I spray the rest of the team and myself. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it won't be Gold Dragon for long, though. We get to pick a real name for ourselves. Hmm. Well, cheers to the name unknown. That's a stupid name. We're not going to be in the name unknown. Nobody would follow that. Cheers to the team previously known as Gold Dragon. <laughs> That's too much. Too much. Gulp. <laughs> the door opens and Rain walks in. I quickly open another bottle. <laughs> She's let down her mohawk, giving the appearance of a simple chin-length cut, and she's changed into a well-tailored burgundy suit with mustard accents. She is beaming, showing off her pearly white lower tusks. Oh, Rain. Congratulations. You've earned it. <laughs> I always was like squeezing champagne out of his cloak. Gaspar like. <laughs> is stuffing an empty bottle into the sofa cushion. <laughs> you caught us mid-revelry. My apologies. That's fine. At some point I might take you up on some. But for now, things are going to get very intense. The next week or so is going to be some of the most important of your career. And I'd like to discuss what the next step means for you. I know you're all very tired, and I know you must want to relax and enjoy yourselves, but now is the time to be preparing. What exactly should we be preparing for? Do we not just get drafted? The draft is what I'm here to talk to you about. For now, let me just explain that you are technically, at this moment, officially members of the Adventurer's Guild. This means that you are now legally qualified to engage in League of Ultimate Questing quests, as well as Adventurer's Guild quests on any plane. Your new League of Ultimate Questing bracelet will be distributed to you. If you have any specific modifications you'd like to make, now would be the time to bring them up with your manager when you have one. Your bracer will act as a license, effectively, and enable you to engage in any quests on any planes you so wish. But being members of the Adventurers Guild is not an automatic guarantee of a team, and that's where things get complicated. That's where the draft comes in. I always takes a seat, just listens. From this moment on, you have to make a choice. Stay together as an independent franchise, your own team, or break the team up to accept bids during the draft. It's important that you note that the draft will dictate your future with us. Why wouldn't we stay together? Honestly? Money. And she looks at Gaspar. You have already made it apparent that the commissioner is going to make my life hard if I do not accept to stay in the team. Only as a deterrent from you making a very poor choice. How much money is a poor choice worth? That's for you to decide. Understand that if you decide to work against us, we will do everything on our power to prevent you from doing so. But I don't think it is in your best interests to work against us. I'm just happy to know the true nature of our 
relationship. Yeah, uh, accepting an offer is often pretty tempting. Um, sometimes you get a really good number, um, but you've better control of your future if you stay together as a team. And uh, I look over at Gaspar's bat head and I say, sometimes, sometimes taking an offer and splitting up the team is a bit short-sighted. <laughs> Hal, you've watched some of these before, yes? Uh, all of them, thank you. Several times. What is the most someone has been bidded for? Seven. That's the highest you can allow. Every team has ten shares for their glory. As glory comes in, the resources split among the shares, each share representing ten percent. Seven means seventy percent of the incoming glory. But the Adventurer's Guild has put in rules that dictate that the minimum anyone can be paid is ten percent. I would imagine that people with a degree of celebrity like our friend Alaphon here uh, would probably be offered much higher than those like myself. Simple old man still learning these abilities. Three or four is usually the high end. But allow me to explain how the draft works so we don't get ahead of ourselves. The draft itself includes you and anyone else who is going to pass this particular forge challenge. That makes the draft pool. The administrators then, from the least successful to the most successful, make a bid for whoever they choose. The next person must outbid them if they wish to have that team member, and so on and so forth. There are three rounds of this. The order of the admins reverses each time, giving them more than enough opportunity to make their choices. But ultimately, the intent is to make sure that the admins have the opportunity to represent their teams as best they can. It's important that you note if any one of you should choose to accept a bid, your team is broken. You will no longer be eligible to be an independent franchise. This would mean that if, for example, Gaspar chose a three-share the rest of you would have to take a share. The rest of you would be required to take a bid, the highest one available. You would not get to choose who you work for. This is the benefit of remaining an independent franchise. But it can be tempting when you are staring down the barrel of a four-share on a powerful team. And if we were offered a great deal, even then we'd have the right of refusal, yes? No. That's no. the problem. In the draft, you are required to take the highest bid offered to you, or you must leave the League and no longer be a member of the Guild. That is the deal. In exchange for being trained and being given these opportunities, you must accept at least one season in service to one of the administrators. Unless they simply choose not to take you, in which case you become a ringer. And believe me, you do not want to become a ringer. Unless we stay together as a team. Unless you stay together as a team. Oh, I can't bear the thought of being separated from any of you. If if you turn down an offer in an earlier round and then, say, in the third round, someone takes an offer, you can't go back and take an offer that you were offered previously. You have to take a new one. If somebody should offer you four in the first round and you pass it up, and then in the third round, one of your team accepts a two-share, you're forced to take whatever shares were offered to you in that round only. You could be forced to take one. It's a very dangerous game. It works a lot like poker. And it can be very complicated and difficult. There are often many people in the background who are trading team members, dropping off entire teams just to be able to open up shares to buy people out. Some people even bid on people they don't want because they know they'll take it and then ruin another person's opportunity for a good team. It is a very high-stakes play. It seems rather dangerous to be involved in this draft, then. Seems to have as the wealthiest can control your future. That's the thing, is everybody only has ten shares. There are only 10 shares available, which means no one can outbid anybody technically. 
and because the income is required to be standard, the Adventurers Guild has done a remarkably good job of negotiating things so that it cannot be exploited by corruption. And yet, in the background, illegal dealings are done. Uh, sometimes uh, land ownership is granted as uh, as an incentive illegally. Sometimes uh, advertising is guaranteed. In higher ranks, you'll even have things like uh, massive points on the back end for glory gains uh, from the administrator, just to guarantee that they have the best. And quite frankly, you are among the best. You will be sought after by these people. I don't want to burden you anymore. This is this is a lot to take in. I'm going to give you some time. But you have to understand that when that final vote comes, that third unanimous vote, you must all be present and you must all be in agreement that you remain as one team. I hope you make the right choice. She turns and walks out of the room. Oh, yeah. She didn't take our champagne. This is great. Well, that's a bit of a weight in my stomach now. Learning that we will soon be treated as poker chips. That's how my life has always been. I don't quite understand this kind of competitive bureaucracy seems so strange to me. Were you not a farmer? I helped with the farm work, yes. Who did that land belong to? That is a very long story. Were there no lords? Barons? The lords in those places are not tangible things. I'll have to listen to that long story one day. I would be happy to share it. So what do we need to do to prepare? Will, is anyone tempted to take an offer? I'll let you know. Uh, anything less than three or four shares isn't really worth it. Uh, if we stay together as a team, we can guarantee two and a half if we split the glory all equally. So you don't really want to take a two share if you can avoid it. Um, but it's possible someone may offer more. I'm not here for the glory or the income. I have been led here by fate. Yeah, but you've been asleep for a long time, old man. You'd be surprised what Glorda can do for a person. You said that teams that stick together have more control over their future. Significantly, yes. And uh, it can eventually, if your team does well, mean that you do better. Then that's what I will do. If you take if you take a high offer, uh, your team can't have more than 10 shares on it. If someone's offered, five's a lot, but if you get five, it's half the glory for the team. Your other teammates can't have more than five between them. You're going to be settled with uh, ones and twos, most likely. So unless you're planning on carrying your entire team, it's a bit of a gamble yourself. You may not earn as much glory on a worse team than you are together like this. I'm not interested in glory. I just want freedom. And it would seem that if one was to accept a high offer, you wouldn't just be forwarding your own benefits. You would also be hurting your previous team. In a way. In a way, yeah. It sounds like in order to avoid being treated as a pawn on a board, keeping control of our own destiny is a very strong option. But you are all here for different reasons. and Your motives are not all known to me. But I know what I hope for as an outcome. Doubling or nearly tripling your salary does sound tempting. The temptation that would most allure me is not wealth or fame, but the knowledge that I seek, the secrets that I will need to return to how I once was. An unlikely bartering chip, I'm sure. 
Then why would you need the team for that? I am on this team because it was the path that I was led to, and I believe it is what I need to do to pursue my goals. And in the interim, having friends, a family of some fashion, why, that is where I draw my power from. And I've grown quite fond of you. With that, you hear a knock at the door, and a production assistant informs you that you are free to depart at your leisure. A taxi is waiting for you. If we're all to be weighed and measured, we should get some rest and clean up. You all enter the taxi. It's just a simple dinghy, but it gets you where you're going. You are deposited on hub and given an opportunity to return to your quarters. Before turning in for the night, Iavos is thinking about the things that he discussed with his friends and the things that Rain mentioned their future holds for them. Perhaps taking fate into our own hands is our best play. Yes, yes. So he takes out the scrap of paper that was given to Team Gold Dragon by the Illuminator, one for each of us. He sets it on his desk. He prepares a very strong alchemical concoction, twice the dose of the last one, drinks it down, takes the quill off of his necklace and writes down on the piece of paper, Where do I start my search to unravel the secrets of this universe? Sets his things on the desk before sitting on the bed. As soon as you finish writing the question, the ink begins to bleed and run. All over the page, letters and characters, symbols begin to appear, as though hundreds of languages are trying to be spelled out. Entire alphabets, ideograms, forms of communication you've never seen before. And they all begin to break, before the ink slowly fades back to the creamy white. And as sleep begins to take you, and dreams settle across your eyes, for a moment, you could almost swear that the page began to move, crawling carefully and slowly, into your spellbook. You all get a good night's rest, some of you more so than most. But when you are awakened, you are invited to attend the draft. You find your way to the Omega Dock, where a schooner is waiting for you. You are given instructions on how to find your way to the draft. It's the same level as the battle center, except when you arrive, you are instructed to follow down a particular hallway towards a studio door, listed as Studio One. The place is still bustling, busy as ever, production assistants running every which way, but you are led backstage into Studio One. There, you find equipment of all sorts and kinds, magical and mechanical, things you've never seen before and have no idea how they work. But one thing you do see and almost immediately recognize is a series of makeup tables. These makeup tables are lit with arcane globes, and next to them, is a fashionably dressed man with a garish pearlescent haircut. He gestures you all to sit. As you do, he approaches you, one by one, and casts a glamour to gussy you up. So tell me, how does he gussy you? There's not much gussying up, Gaspar. (laughs) The lack of a head removes most of the work, and not much can be done to the stump while disrupting the connection that it has so he'll just pop his collar a little bit get a little bit of a v on there (laughs) and what looks like scrawled in charcoal is just a simple smiley face on his neck (laughs) where his throat is beautiful so there isn't really any kind of concealer that matches i have with the skin tone unless they have a nice gray (laughs) but 
he gets cleaned up a little bit. And rather than trying to swap out his somewhat ragged and stitched clothes with something different, he just has a much larger, clean, pressed, well-stitched brown robe Mm. draped over him, which still jingles with the sound of all of his accoutrements underneath it. But he looks much more professional at a distance and also much broader. As far as magical glamour, does uh, do they clean up your wrinkles at all or do they just persist through all magic? <laughs> no, they're very they're very like dapper wrinkles. Like, oh, okay. They're the, the kind that adds a lot of character to your face. So they might even they might even exaggerate them slightly. Okay, okay. I like There's that. a vague twinkle appears in your eye like Santa Claus. And for no reason lip gloss. Okay. <laughs> just, it's just a little faint lip gloss. I love that. Just a shine. Penny appears in a full face of makeup, including winged golden liner on her eyes, framing thick, luxurious black lashes. Her eyes are also accentuated. Instead of the normal honey gold, they're brighter, fuller. They are sunlight with little specks floating in them. She's wearing a sheath dress of glittering gold sequins and an assortment of fine jewelry. On the shoulder of her dress is a small bronze clasp resembling Zillow's, both the sword and the shield. Nice. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's fabling. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Oh, I like that. Hal takes an easy seat in the chair. He's been sort of groomed for the league for a number of years. His whole look is already kind of practiced with makeup artists. There's not a lot to be done with Hal because a lot of it has already been done to Hal. But his hair is cleaned up a bit. Some of the shagginess that's entered it since he's begun taking levels in Barbarian is sort of smoothed and pressed. And he looks the distinguished paladin. One notable change for this particular award ceremony, his armor is glamored gold while he's in attendance, as are the platinum streaks on his skin and in his hair. Mm. Hal is the very picture of radiance. I love it. As you finish your glow up, you are gestured out onto the main stage. There you find three podiums of solid cherry wood. Each one has a plaque with a team name on it and then your personal names under it. Team White Rock is already waiting. Grey Knight has yet to arrive. There is no audience no roar of the crowd, yet you feel thousands, perhaps millions of eyes upon you. The next seven days will be the culmination of everything you've worked for. But for now, you wait with bated breath for your fate to unfold. Welcome back to Major Image. I'm Aspen Vancaster, your source for what's hot and what's not in the cutting-edge world of Magitech and adventuring style. The Forge challenges are completed with teams Gold Dragon, White Rock, and Grey Knight reigning supreme. So what can we expect from the mid-season draft? Team White Rock is white hot. Team Captain Adriano Fortes has proven that law and order don't always serve the greater good. This ticking time tyrant is a clockwork sorcerer and paladin of conquest ready to grind some serious gears. Much like Ophidian Ashpool, Fortes has helped turn his team into a well-oiled machine. But unlike the white-winged rock, Silver Song sounds like she's breaking. A recent interview suggests that Team Grey Knight is unconvinced by Ashpool's assurance of loyalty, and all of them may well be looking for the door. Meanwhile, Gold Dragon is hoarding information as much as gold. The tight-lipped team has left nothing for the scavengers. 
The only information we've been able to scrounge up is that no one on the team has yet met with the Commissioner, the presumptive powerhouse behind Team Gold Dragon's canny composition and stellar stats. In fact, there's every possibility Gold Dragon will turn tail on their namesake and beat Wings into the sunset with a brand new independent franchise. The Hero Draft will be conducted by a guest host who has not yet been identified, but we've been assured that this mysterious MC will bring a note of power, professionalism, and power to the position. I'm being told that's not a mistake. Our secretive speaker claims to have twice the power and half the professionalism. Well, we know one thing, math isn't his strong suit. This has been Major Image. Stay tuned for the mid-season Hero Draft after these words from our sponsors. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Rothgar Pathil of the Northern Territories, champion of the village of Bolnar, your aid in this war with the Grameshian tribes who sought to burn down our sacred woods has proven invaluable. Though you are a human with the blood of the traitor kings of the past, you have earned the honor of the elves of Everdusk. You will be welcome in these glades as a hero of the people. I grant you the mark of fallen moon to show your position in our society, and a cloak of elven kind a sacred symbol among our kin. Thank you, Lord Willowmore. Your people honor me. This cloak is as soft as a newborn calf. Incredible. There is one last gift I will bequeath upon you, noble champion, to finalize your bond with the elves of Everdusk. Follow me, and I will reveal to you the greatest secret of our people. What? What is this? Welcome to the Hall of Shearing, the greatest and most guarded secret of the elves. Long ago, the humans believed our bodies were incapable of growing hair, and for whatever strange reason, it gave us an edge of superiority over them. They feared us for our flawlessness. But this is the truth of things. Each new moon our people gather here to be sheared of our bodily hair and left smooth and perfect from brow to toe. I... I can't believe what I'm seeing. Know this, our darkest truth. I was not prepared for this tapestry of elven flesh. What kind of sorcery can remove hair with such precision and speed? Tis not sorcery. Tis the products available at manscaped.com. All we needed was in their performance package 4.0. The lawnmower is their fourth generation trimmer, featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Plus it's waterproof. The weed whacker cleanses our nasal cavities of the forbidden fluff and their ball toner and crop reviver leave our flesh feeling smooth and smelling wonderful and welcoming a gentle hand's touch. It also comes with a travel bag which pairs wonderfully with our quivers 
and the box of briefs are as light and breathable as mithril chain. The floor is absolutely covered with elven body hair. It's like a curly forest floor in fall. Fear not, Bankin. We are a sustainable people and put these fibers to good use. What do you think your new cloak of elven kind is made of? <laughs> Use code LUQ for 20% off of your Manscaped purchase, as well as free shipping on your order. Manscaped, it's okay to feel superior. Your secret is safe with us. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, all you cuties. Let's get ready to mid-roll! Last week's episode was our live Rose City Comic Con game, and we loved doing it. I hope we can have a bunch more live games to record and share in the future. TheLUQ.com is your source for information about the show. Details on the cast members, links to merch, news, social media, Discord, and of course, Patreon. But why should you join the Discord? Because it's an amazing community and it just keeps getting better. And why should you join the Patreon? To support the show and keep us making episodes. It really makes a huge difference. There is no chance we'd be where we are today without the support we get from Patreon every month. And it all goes into improving the show, and the rewards are awesome. D&D content, sound, music files, and of course, the ability to join the battle axes. Want the commentators to talk about your character during the meta? That's the tier for you. Want to be mentioned during the mid-rolls? Join one of our legendary teams. Our current teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Eerie Lunar Rose, Maisie, and Korgoth. 
If you've got a personal message like a birthday, anniversary wish, or something that you'd like read out during the mid-roll, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com for information and pricing. We've been getting some really killer fan mail lately, and we've been sharing it on social media because it's just that good. If we get more cool stuff to hang on the walls, we will continue sharing it on social media because it makes our hearts feel very good. If you want to send anything our way, the P.O. Box is 230091, Tigard, Oregon, 97281. And we love you guys. You rock. Follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for weekly Pokemon souling Nuzlocks with me and Zach. LUQ episode premieres with Dungeon Mistress Dana Monday nights. And it's a great place to interact with fellow LUQDs and ask questions about the episodes. If you join our Discord, be sure to send some questions for our next LUQ&A and browse all the awesome channels and topics. Drink the fizz. Drink it up. Oh, and be sure to share the LUQ with your community so we can continue growing and questing with them as well. Making people happy is our favorite thing in the world. But enough out of me, let's get you back to the battle axis. You look lonely. Whoa, no need to put up your dukes. I just call them like I see them. You live alone, and let's face it, you don't tidy up like you used to. You need company. You need a clean living space. You need... Golem Butler! New Golem Butler from Golemore Fabrications. Golem Butler picks up your trash. Golem Butler scrubs your floors, and Golem Butler's always there for a high five. Feeling stressed? Why not enjoy a nice, fresh, hot cup of tea brewed right inside of Golem Butler and dispensed from his lower tap? That's right. Golem Butler's full of hot and ready tea whenever you want it. Golem Butler. Golem Butler will keep your corners clear of cobwebs. Golem Butler will help you flip your mattress. Not to mention, he's ready with that cup of tea whenever you want it. Golem Butler's certified to protect your home from threats of CR5 and lower. Any damage to Golem Butler is free to repair for the first 90 days of ownership. You can celebrate your brilliant purchase with a nice hot cup of tea, right out of the tap. You can reach for it. It's okay, he wants it. It's there for you to drink. Everyone loves tea. Anyone who says they don't is just trying to sound cool. Golem Butler. Oh, and did we mention Golem Butler also folds laundry and sweeps? You know, house cleaning stuff. You know the kind of stuff. He does that. That and dispenses hot tea. And now you can try the new Brandy model of Golem Butler. It's shaped like a lady named Brandy, and it's full of hot, delicious tea. What's to lose? Certainly nothing. Get Golem Butler today. Golem Butler. Drink tea You stand upon the main stage of a great studio. The seats are empty, yet you cannot shake the feeling of thousands, perhaps millions of eyes. To your left is an empty podium marked for Grey Knight, better known as Silver Song. To your right, Team White Rock awaits further instruction. And there, stuck in the middle, is you. You read the placards to know who you're looking at. Team White Rock is composed of Adriano Fortes, a sorcerer paladin of clockwork and conquest. He's a man of average height, his race indistinct beneath a set of heavy brass scale mail and matching Trojan helmet. Behind his head hovers a brass cogwheel like a halo, and in his hands a brass great club, the bulk of which is made up of thick sprockets and gears. 
Next to him is Timur Yevgenia, a drunken master monk. This half-orc is not dressed as a hero. Not much of an adventurer at all, in truth. He wears a simple, pristine white t-shirt with no distinguishing markings, and a pair of comfortable shorts. His only other equipment is a knife on his belt and a water bottle from which he takes regular pulls. His salt and pepper hair is cut short and shaved on the sides and back. His features are somewhat round, though his physique is unparalleled with long, lean muscle. One feature of particular note is that his face is oddly flushed. Next to him is Bereg Raka Hinya, an elven barbarian blood hunter. Bereg is clearly of elvish descent, though some force natural or supernatural has changed him. He cuts a feral aspect with his broad shoulders and hunched posture. His perpetual snarl gives his eyes a cruel look, and the staggering volume of scars all over his body and bald head suggests that he has known battle for some time. And finally, Ka'ur, also known as Phoenix, the Arakokra druid of wildfire. This female hawk Arakokra has black down and plumage that transitions from a deep crimson to a brilliant white, like fire all over her body. And while there is no visible flame about her, she always seems to smolder. Are you familiar with this team, Hal? Ayavla says, leaning over. We haven't really crossed paths. Um, they're the only other team that pissed their uh, forge challenge. Along with, of course, I kind of gesture at the Grey Knight pedestal. Ashpool. They're probably the best team in the novice ranks. Ophidian is fairly exceptional individually. Uh, we are certainly an interesting assortment of heroes. Uh, to say the least. White Rock is uh, they're the team that people dream about being. Certainly feel a little outclassed in the fanciness. They're kind of treading on our theme, Hal. One of us is going to have to change. We have higher highs and lower lows. <laughs> I'm the low. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Timur. I've seen him fight a couple times in the bar. Penny is going to walk over and congratulate them, offering her small hand. Timur just kind of like stands there with his arms crossed and gives you a nod. Kaur, or Phoenix, looks at you with a curious gaze and then chirps pleasantly. What language is she speaking? From what you can tell, presumably some Arakokra language. The only person who seems to like be interested in having a conversation with you is Adriano Fortes, who steps forward and, and extends a gauntleted hand. I take it cheerfully, and I, I give him a firm handshake. He returns it, quite firm. It is an absolute pleasure to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. I'm sorry, we don't tend to watch a lot of these things. It's all right. Nobody has enough time to do that anyway. But it's very nice to meet your acquaintance. We haven't met before. Where are you from? Originally? Yes. Um, I come from a plane called Evdemonia. Ah, Evdemonia. Beautiful place. Thank you. Yes, the evolving wilds of my plane are uniquely spectacular. Indeed. I myself do not uh, familiarize myself with too many places, but I've heard good things about it. Eh, you have to understand, I don't uh, go out a lot. (laughs) But uh, to my knowledge, yours is a fey world, yes? Uh, Yes, it is a axial uh, plane of of good. So strange for a fey place to be also a outer plane. Is that so? I wasn't aware of that. Yes, to my experience, typically the fey realms are pressed up against 
the material plane. Shadow fell to one side. Farewells to another. But something interesting must have happened to your world to change things. I imagine so. Where are you from? Me? <laughs> that is a somewhat complicated story. But <sighs> the easiest answer would have been Mechanos. I was born on a material plane, but my family was murdered by bandits. A typical, tragic backstory for a hero, I understand. But after I was uh, found by a modron, I was taken back to Mechanas, and he kept me quietly, carefully in a small plane. And uh, eventually he was found out, and he was um, decommissioned. But not before he put me back into the material plane. And now I have devoted myself, the rest of my life, to conquest, to the domination and subjugation of law to ensure that nobody ever again will step outside of the bounds of what is right. Sorry, I didn't mean to give you my elevator pitch. No, it's it's always interesting to meet new people. Aren't we all bound to our alignments? See, si. all except perhaps uh, Timur. Timur's only alignment is to his vodka. Timur reaches to, for his water bottle and takes a big squig. I was going to say hello and good luck with whatever this is we're doing. <laughs> yes, I'm sure this is uh, going to be very interesting. I've been doing a lot of research as best I can into how the draft works, but ultimately I do not care. I'm just excited to be doing good work. Very kind outlook, I like that. Well, maybe we will see each other again sometime. And Penny's going to wink and kind of walk off. Timur walks up to Gaspar, the first expression that he has given of any interest. He looks you up and down, nods. I'm going to take a flask from my side, pop it open, cheers his water bottle. <laughs> Once again, gape my throat hole. Mm. <laughs> Never get used to hearing it. Yeah, no, that, that phrase is on par with Fleshy Beach for me. I yeah. had to build up the strength to say it. Mm. It's the only way. And to make the first day of the draft interesting, try and goad him into a, uh, a slight chugging contest. As soon as he realizes what you're doing, he opens a big, wide smile, and you see that one of his lower tusks has been ripped out at some point. He puts the water bottle on that side and begins drinking. You realize immediately that he has no concern about how much alcohol he's consuming. I am such a big fan. The weird thing is you can say that while you're chugging. Yeah. (laughs) As you do that, as you perform this remarkable ventriloquism, he sputters and spits out and begins laughing. Would you like to trade? <laughs> no, that is fine. You are a remarkable individual. I've seen your writing. Fantastic. I've seen yours as well. Uh, Gaspar, keep an eye on your head around him. He has a propensity for kicking them, and yours isn't attached. <laughs> He's not wrong. I like to kick the head. That is true. But it will not cause me pain, so perhaps we are a good match for each other. May I um, borrow? Sure. He takes it, and just kind of gently taps it and gets the weight of it. And then he drops it to his foot and starts kind of like kicking it up like a soccer ball. Juggling it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not so much pain, but if you'd keep doing this, I will get motion sickness. <laughs> this is extremely fun. It, your footwork is amazing as I see it up close. the eye, ear. He's being surprisingly gentle. When he's done, he hands the head back and he says, It is my greatest hope to one day. Kick head completely off of body. 
You and me, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Reach for the stars. (laughs) You know that's how my people are made, right? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Oh, this is depressing. (laughs) But perhaps you'll make a new life form by kicking a head off. At that, you hear some footsteps behind you, and Ophidian makes himself known. How groans. I I pull in Ophidian, and I start the slow clap. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we pulled a 4.75. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Could have done better, but... Not your best. Could have done better, but uh, he looks over at Ilhana Chime Chain. We had some complications. Everybody ready for the draft? Huh? Timur and I have, are very ready. I can see that. I'm Timur already... seems to be slightly, like, almost imperceptibly swaying. And I'm perceptibly swaying. <laughs> Is your flask full of bathtub gravity wine? (laughs) (laughs) No, we still got to age that. Some fucking gravity pruno. I need to find a chronomancer Mm. to speed up the aging. Chronomancy for spirits has got to be. It's like, here's a 20-year-old whiskey that I made yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Whether whether he's swaying because of the alcohol or because his head was just juggled like a soccer ball, it's a little hard to say. A little bit of both. I wonder what projectile vomiting looks like for Gaspar. Oh, it's no. a projectile. Oh, it's no. like Diet Coke and Mentos. That's it's, what it looks like. It's basically just an acid spray. <laughs> we mentioned point. volcanoes earlier in the sit down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. At that, and w- with as much haste as I can possibly muster, <laughs> you hear a quick buzzer dinging in the distance, uh, signifying that you should get to your positions. Are there any chairs? Uh, you're all supposed to stand. <laughs> oh, good. I'm going <laughs> to lean on the uh, the quill pen. <laughs> That's a good idea. It takes a little while for things to finally get set up, for things to be removed from the main stage, for the production assistants to get where they need to go. At which point, you see something odd. From behind the seats, dozens upon dozens of mirrors lift up into the air and begin to form a kind of dome around you. And the feeling of being watched suddenly dramatically increases. Then you see a man walk to the front of the stage and sit down at a desk. The man is of incredible mass. His muscles are bulging. He looks like he's smuggling cantaloupes beneath his skin. His vaguely gray skin uh, suggests that he might be Goliath, but he's unusually short for one. He sits down and runs his finger through his foppish haircut and centers the mic on him. You hear a production assistant offstage say, three, two. You hear a brief fanfare. And then the announcer begins to speak. Uh, hi there, everybody. I'm Thodge Hardbody. Uh, I'm a devotee to the Iron Church, and I'm feeling in for Dirk Bradley and uh, Warren Rothborough. I'm sorry if I'm a little nervous. I didn't know I was going to be doing this, and uh, apparently uh, Aspen Van Caster wasn't available, so here I am. There must have been nobody available. I don't even know who this person is. Please leave all questions until the end of the round. All right, for those of you unfamiliar, the basic process of the round is that individual uh, administrators are going to be placing a vote from the most successful to the least successful, and uh, you have to either accept the bid or choose to stay together as a team. Is everybody familiar and understanding of this? Please raise your hand if you do not. As he says most to least successful, somebody runs up to him, whispers in his ear, and then he says, I'm sorry, it'll be starting with the least to the most successful. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. The teleprompter is a little hard to track. I just don't understand why you want to reward the losers. They just need to get more gains. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's get this started. At that, you hear another fanfare, at which point, hovering over the stage, 
a clock begins to descend. This clock is brass in all of its fixtures and double-sided so that you and the announcer can see it. It begins at the 60-second mark. The time begins to count down, and within five seconds, the timer dings, and you hear, The commissioner for the League of Ultimate Questing abstains his vote. He has no bids for us, I guess. Kind of weird. <laughs> Power play. Hal, Hal will kind of lean over to Penny and just say, Don't want to risk the bit when you've got the winning hand already. The clock begins again. After about 10 seconds, it dings. Glenn Armistice, Dean of the AAA and representative for the Battle Standard, abstains his vote. Also not surprising. Uh, nobody takes round one very seriously. The top tier players won't get real bids until the second round. The ding comes again, but this time immediately. The broken court, spokespeople for the faith spoke of Kinuent and representatives for Ragged Regalia, offers a bit of four shares to Penny and one to Simon Silva, and one to Beregra That's surprising. That's uh, a good bid, Penny. Crazy in round one, really. Forced basically half the pot. On me, really? Hey, you're very popular. Very talented. Not a surprise to me. It's not really a surprise the Fae want you either. The clock begins again. It dings after 55 seconds. Johan Goethe, get go go the Gothi, go. I'm I'm told it's Goethe. You're not even that. Okay, I'm not even going to try. Johan, spokesman for Verada and representative of the Thanguin Covenant, offers a three bid to Simon Silva. Immediately at that, you hear a lot of surprise coming from the rest of the teams. Everybody seems to be looking at Simon. Hal whistles. Four for Penny's not a huge surprise, but three to Simon's just sloppy. He's not that impressive. The next timer dings at 30 seconds. Tonatiu, Tonatiwa, spokesman for Mictlan and representative for the Sacred Dead, bids three to Adriano Fortez and one to Gong. Gong's better than one. My guess is Fidian will take a high bid and Gong is going to panic and buy this one. The next one fills out the entirety of the 60 seconds and then it finally dings uh apparently Gothanox spokesman for Nox and representative for the aberrant mind no no here, here it comes here it comes uh four to Adriano Fortez and four to Ashpool that'll be the high bid for the round I feel bad for the silver song I'd be surprised if Ashpool didn't take it the next one dings after some time intention intention is that a name Oh, he's the, he's the abstract. Okay. Uh, intention, spokesperson for the Bowery and representative for the Outriders, bids three to Gaspar and three to Iavos Isadora. Damn. Iavos looks down at himself like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Hal looks at Penny slightly nervously. It's an impressive bid. I'd almost be tempted, tempted to take it. It's more than half the pot. As you're saying that, the next clock dings. Abscissa Vinculum, Vinculum, Abscissa Vinculum, spokesperson for Acrataria and representative of Supremacy, bid six to Iavo Cisadora. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at that, all the teams seem to be panicking. They're all looking at each other very confused. 
Ayavos clearly doesn't understand the weight of this. And he's just kind of staring <laughs> off, being like, oh, that's interesting. Six, all right. Uh, what is this, Spoke? <laughs> uh, that's the Abelite. Hal's jaw is hanging open, uh, and he's sputtering after a spit take. <laughs> uh, Hal, why is everyone looking at me? That's that's an insane opening bid, Iavos. It's, uh, it's, uh, Dad didn't even get a six bid, and it's only the first round. This this doesn't happen. I wonder if it's part of some future strategy. I I, I don't know, Iavos, but six is... You have a decision to make, friend. I think that's the intent of this whole thing. These are your bids. You have one minute to decide. I almost look to his friends. I look at the rest of you. Did nobody bid for how? Not yet. It's unusual to take bids in the first round, but all of you have offers on the table. Hal said that they usually get to the heavy bidding in round two. I would expect Hal's bid to come then. It won't be heavier than six for Iavos. I wonder what the Abelites have an interest in me for. Gaspar, you're from Abel. Do you know why they might be so interested in me? Honestly, it's hard to fully grasp what the top of Abel wants from you. But, Ayavos, you are worth more. But whatever it is they are trying to pay you for, it is not good. I see. Does anybody wish to take their bid? The number six has no strong significance to Ayavos in the pursuit of wealth. <laughs> number six is not particularly important. Maybe maybe a seven or something. <laughs> no, I, uh, I can count to it. It's not enough. I almost very calmly thumbs down the offer. When the clock starts, two switches appear on the podium in front of you. Accept, refuse. I've said this before and I'll say it again. You are my team and I would never do anything to hurt any of you. And Penny presses the no uh, confidently. I almost looks to Gaspar to see where his hand is going. No hesitation, straight to no. Mm-hmm. I almost follow suit with the highest bid. Oh, do I have a buzzer? Yeah, everybody does. Oh. You don't have a bid, though. Hal looks at his options, looks at the fact that he didn't get an offer, presses accept. <laughs> As you push it, you hear kind of a a buzzer inside of it that makes an unmistakably negative sound. <laughs> I move my finger and press no. <laughs> Perfect. He was just making sure it works. <laughs> the clock reaches zero and the buzzer dings. This represents the end of the first round of the draft. Everybody congratulations. And he starts clapping. All right. Going to the decisions. Adriano Fortes accepts an offer from Gorthanox. Yay. At which point all of the members of his team turn to him and they seem excited, happy for him even. They start high-fiving and handshaking and hugging each other. That is an odd pairing. It's it's not a huge surprise. Uh, White Rock's all top tier. They're not going to be worried about splitting the team up. They'll be good wherever they lend. I like to see their camaraderie in lifting up their friend. Yeah, until they end up on different teams trying to kill each other. <sighs> well, if he's going to work for someone lawful evil, I don't think a relationship is going to work out. That's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Next up, Simon Silver accepts a high bid from Johan Goethe. Immediately, you see Ilhana Chime Chain turn to him and punch him in the face. You son of a bitch! You know I can't do shit without you! 
At which point, Simon grabs his face and says, what was I supposed to do? Trust fucking, fucking Ophidian Ashpool to, try, to, to have our backs? No, there was no way this was going to happen for us. I did what I had to do. So don't look at me like I did something wrong. Ophidian's face is stone. He has no expression at all. He is just simply watching as the team begins to tear each other apart. <laughs> that, that's surprising. I thought for sure Ashpool would be the one that broke the team apart. I'm almost proud of Simon for that. That that won't be good for Iluhana there. Uh, she's she's going to be in a rough spot now. Thank you all for coming to the draft. Please try to keep violence to a minimum. Anybody who's looking for some hardcore action at any point in the future is welcome to join me in the Iron Church. We're always looking for people who are after the gains. I was just almost delighted by Silversong battling it out like street dogs, <laughs> even though he's not usually the kind of person who's delighted by other people's pain. Sure. Just seeing Ashpool's plans kind of crumble a little bit, perhaps. Everybody begins to kind of dissipate as the show comes to a close. Silver Song limps away, frustrated. The rest of White Rock seems totally confident in their ability to secure good positions. But Ophidian remains behind. He turns to you and says, the worst part is I wasn't going to bail on them. I knew I had a better bargaining position by having a group of four, but... I'm not worried about it. I think I know exactly what's coming. So I think I'll do fine. It's amazing what people will do when they think someone they love or care about is going to betray them. He rolls up his sleeve and looks somberly as another ring appears on his wrist. I just imagine Ophidian being like, pizza's here. It's like, oh, I, I ordered, you know, mushrooms. <laughs> and he just like rings <laughs> and a ring appears. <clears throat> Asshole. You all wrap up and get ready to depart as the group is leaving and penny and Hal move ahead i'm going to kind of take gaspar by the sleeve and kind of pull him back a little bit and be like gaspar do you have just a moment to speak with me i do yes i have a lot of moments moving to a side hallway looking around to make sure there isn't a lot of distraction i was just going to lean into you and say uh, gaspar there are so many people in this world who categorize things as good and the evil, demons are bad, angels are good, the undead are the enemy of the living. Simply labels, misconceptions, and a lack of knowledge. These things don't matter to me, and you, you seem to be trapped between life and death. And if we're to be working together, offer deals together, there are so many things that I need to know about you and what you are. What, what can I tell you? To ease your mind. Do you know why you are how you are? I know why I am. They are the consequences of my actions. Do I know how I came to be? About half of it. Clearly you have many secrets and motives of your own like we all do. I will not judge you for what you find important. But the more I know, the more I can understand the mystery that is Gaspar. My reason for joining the LUQ is to accumulate glory and faith. But I'm not like some of these other ones that are trying to mark a place for them in history. I, was, I owe a lot. I owe a great debt. One that I was not designed to pay off. And then the LUQ came. And I feel like the glory that I can accumulate here is not possible anywhere else. If I can triple, or even double, the rate at which I accumulate glory, I can keep my head above water, so to speak. So this debt, 
It is a part of you. It is a part of my soul. It has already taken part of it. Oh, Gaspar, you are a mystery. You're so very talented. And it would delight me to continue to work at your side. And perhaps together, using the knowledge that I acquire, we can learn more about who you are and how this works. My fear is that this debt is more complicated to get out of than I know. Iavos holds his hand out in a gesture of teamwork and says, Then let us unlock that door together. Gaspar looks over at the outstretched hand, pats Iavos on the shoulder. No more deals. We have an understanding. Indeed we do. You return to your homes and get another night's rest. When you gather, two days later, at the stage, Simon Silver and Adriano Fortes are nowhere to be found, as to be expected. What you did not expect, however, was the absence of one of your teammates. Gaspar, the headless rogue of Team Gold Dragon, is missing. Honestly, good for Simon. Not like Ashpool was going to hold out for the good of the team. What do you think of Uncle Earthtones giving up a six share? You're metal if you think any one of the dragons going to break. Iridorizen took a bribe from the triple A-hole. Not a chance. He's too good a man he is. No such thing as good in this business. Just a bunch of sanctioned criminals looking out for number one. When did you become so jaded? Right around the time you lost three queen betting on a first round break for your golden geese. Well, bless my bosom. Bring him here, love. I'll give him a blessing. God damn it, Spivey, you've been told once. Anyway, it's not as though it matters. I've got big money coming down the pipeline. Three quins gonna look like pocket change. Oh, do tell. A few mates of mine came across a crate of, uh, shall we say, restricted goods. Tell me you're not back on smuggling. This isn't able. You nearly lost your head to your hungetta for peddling those, um, what were they again? Soul dolls. Damned souls trapped in a stupid action figure. Leave it to Glam to try and cheat the devil. But this is different. This is new. Go on, fill us in. So you know how error is off limits? You're not dealing in artifacts off a sealed plane. How was you? Fucking hell, Glam. Last packet dates to mess around on that plane were void-bound. You want to end up like that? A damned consciousness trapped outside time in the howling infinite. I'm not doing anything big. I'm just fencing goods. I don't even touch them. It's all paperwork. Even if they do get caught, I'm just the middleman. Worst I'll get is a slap on the wrist. You know, you're just too stupid to live. Good thing you're about to solve that problem for all of us. You should see some of the names I... Don't say another word. You trying to get us pinched along with you? I'm telling you, nothing's gonna happen. What makes you so sure, eh? Because somehow I don't think the commissioner's got much of an itch to incriminate himself. Oh, damn. What? What did you do to me? I did, what did I do to him? <laughs> what did I do? Not unlocking any doors with Iavos. Where did you take me? <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> what happened? Oh, boy. You refused my deal. I will see to it that you regret this decision immensely, Gaspar. <laughs> Perfect. Do we have a die to roll? Is that the plan? Let's... Yeah, who was the... But we don't... Yeah. We don't know who was the last roller, so we'll just start from the middle, I guess. I don't know. 
Does anyone want to do the outro? Today? Well, long, you you did two, I think, last time. Me and so. me and Dana both did two last time. So yeah, go ahead and roll that way, no matter what. Haba, I have my own D4s. It's Michael. It's me. Hey. Woo. Thank you for listening to this episode of the League of Ultimate Questing Battle Axis. Woo. The draft episode. Well, the first draft episode. I could go for a nice cold draft. We're <laughs> we're gonna go around the table and introduce the players. And I think we start with me still. Yeah, yeah, that's you. We start with me. I mentioned I'm Michael Loving. I play Halifan Orison Jr., the the all-American athlete who didn't get a bid in the first round of the draft. <laughs> what a weird sporting event. Oh, they're saving the best for last. I'm Angelo Kaluug. I play Gaspar, the missing headless rogue. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? You're, you're, you're not just headless now. You're whole bodyless. I was about yeah. to say, this is... This is Gaspar. He's missing his head and he's missing his body. <laughs> Just imagine you find a milk carton and it's a decapitated body. That, and it says missing, not dead. It's just like missing. If found, you know, please contact. Right. We would like to see him home. <laughs> How are we going to put your face on a milk carton? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> missing assumed dead. Have you seen this stump? And I am Dana Ebert, lover, hater. I play Penelope Farthing, the deer of cheer and the resident bard. Mm-hmm. My name is Law. I play Alvos Isadora, witness of the Withering Acre and creative director of Slapdash. I'm Zach Barkas. I'm the dungeon boy and uh, master of this dungeon. I am also the technical director and all that for Slapdash Studios. Uh, I'd also like to thank Hedegar the Editor for editing this episode, editing this episode. Thank you, Sam. Uh, And Brie Golden for their work as our uh, official map maker. Thank you, Brie. And that's it for me. All right. Uh, if you have enjoyed our podcast, you should find a way to rate us on something like Apple Podcasts. You should go to theluq.com and check out all of the links. There are cast bios, cast links, slapdash links, social links, merch links, all the links. They're linked together on that page. Why are you raising your hand, Law? Because I was going to say we should do an MVP play of the game. Oh, yeah. Shit, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. I think MVP goes to Thick Body. <laughs> yeah. Lispy McThickneck. Oh, yeah. Sarge Hardbody. Sarge Hardbody. That's one of my favorite voices that's showed up in a while. It's pronounced Tharge. Tharge. Like, I had a hard time keeping it together. Can we get Can we get a Sarge Hardbody endorsing Phillips Biscuits that also has Philip in it so we just get both those voices together? Uh, Dana, feel free to laugh while I'm reading stuff. It actually is good. It's it's a good back backtrack. Oh, if I laugh today, I am going to like just snort and, and we It'll be the grape thing all over again. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. You know, you're gonna fill, hear it sometime today. Don't fill the room with your snarts. Snarts. Uh what's a play of the game though? Play of the game. I mean, I'm almost ready to give it to Law for remembering in the uh first episode of the recording. Oh, to do that this segment. Doing this. Uh, uh, to it, Simon Silver for fucking over his entire team because he thought Ashpool was going to. Right. Yeah, that's a that's not a bad one. It's probably the best move for us. Well, he took what did he take? Was it a three? Offer? He took a three offer. Well, yeah. Three's pretty good. He's like, not worth three. Good for yeah, good He's for Simon. Like, he he and Ilohana are worth two. See? All right, one at best. He like, knows he knows his worth, and he was like, fuck, this is a better offer than I have any business getting. I'm yeah. going for it. I feel bad for Ilohana. Yeah. Just yeah, she's in like this weird Stockholm trapped relationship. That's with okay. Ashpool. We can ship her with Scott, and <laughs> she's actually a level under, which is why she's not doing very well. Uh, I just, I just want to, I want to collect all the bards and just take care of them. Yeah, I think that's an okay play of the game, even if it's just to have a thorn in Ashpool's side. Like yeah, I would have, <laughs> I would have given it to Ilohana if she'd punched Ashpool in the face, but. <laughs> 
play of the game was delivering pizza. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Anything else we need to say? That's it. Nope. Until next time, we wish you luck. No. (laughs) (laughs) Incorrect. Incorrect.